I'm your host, Nick Ginsberg, and you're listening to The Open Drive, a podcast focusing on authentic living and defining your own path against the odds. there. Welcome back. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. I'm so excited that you're here listening to the Open Drive podcast. It is uh, obviously, as you know, something I'm very passionate about. So I'm super excited to have you here. So thank you for listening. Before we dive into today's episode, just a reminder that uh, we will cover off throughout these episodes uh, a number of heavier topics. So we will be talking about childhood trauma, addiction, mental health, uh, you name it, we kind of talk about it. So uh, just a heads up. And as you know from the previous episodes, if you are not following me on Instagram, please make sure you head over and follow me. My Instagram handle is at Nick Ginsburg. And then once you do that, flick me a direct message and say hi. I have loved seeing the messages that you guys have sent through. So thank you. Um, but if you haven't done that, please make sure you do, because I'd love to ha- for this to be a two-way conversation if possible. In today's episode, I want to talk about the process of going to see a psychologist. Uh, I go see someone, his name is Dave, he's incredible, but I want to talk about the lead up to that, uh, when that lead up started, my fears, I want to talk about why I didn't go for so long, uh, and I really want to kind of shed light on that whole experience for you because I think it is a really important thing uh, that we do to try and break the stigma that is attached to mental health, mental well-being, all of that. I think by sharing stories and being open and honest about the experience will will help break some of that stigma. And so I'm going to do my part and share my story with you today. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I am going to be, as always, very honest, very real. Um, It'll be very unfiltered. So I hope you enjoy listening. So buckle up. Let's go. So to give you a bit of history, my experiences with psychologists, I mean, I've had very little other than my current um, psychologist, Dave. Uh, When I was a kid, with everything that I'd been through, there were people around me that had mentioned that I should go see someone to talk it through because it was quite heavy and uh, it was tough for a kid to really process. And I remember uh, a family member forcefully taking me to go talk to a psychologist. I was in my teens. I don't know when it's all a bit blurry, but uh, essentially because there had to have been something wrong and, uh, and that I wasn't, I maybe wasn't processing it as well as I should. And this is this very first part of the story that I want to share with you because I, I think it kind of adds to, uh, the follow on. So I went to see this, this woman, I don't remember her name. I don't remember really what she looks like. Uh, but I sat down, I talked to her and then, uh, this woman brought my family member back in and essentially said, no, he's processing it fine. You don't need to worry. And then I guess from that point is I, I thought, well, I can do this on my own. I can, I can process it and not saying that advice from that psychologist was good or bad or whatever. It, it did sort of put in my head that, well, I can manage this on my own. This is something that I can do. Uh, I've done it before. I can manage it on my own. And so I didn't talk to a professional 
uh, up until, so that was when I was in my teens, I started going to see Dave in 2019. We are in 2021. I'm 35. So I went, uh, am I 35? Yes, I'm 35. Um, I went to see uh, uh, Dave two years ago. So I want to, let's, let's talk about the in-between. So in between that first uh, woman and Dave now, uh, my thought process around that and getting help and all of that. So when, when it kind of started sort of thinking I should probably see someone was in my early twenties and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't because I had a severe mental illness. It wasn't because I was breaking down. It wasn't because I was falling apart, nothing like that. It was, uh, I wanted to be able to try and process it better. But the thing that held me back is because I didn't feel like I was breaking down or I didn't have uh, a mental illness or anything like that, I felt like I was taking a position away. Also, I was terrified of going to see someone because I thought that they would open the lid and everything would come crashing out and I would fall apart and not be able to put back together because I'd, I'd put everything in its place. And I know I've spoken, you'll hear bits of this uh, story. You've heard bits of it throughout the last 20 odd episodes, but this is the full story. So <laughs> I'd, I'd put bits and pieces uh, uh, in their place. And then to have someone kind of open the lid on that and rummage through uh, terrified me. I thought that I would fall apart and not be able to process it. So I got rid of that thought in my early twenties, just not, not doing it. I'm fine. I'm processing it fine. That woman said I was processing it fine. I'm good. And then I moved to Melbourne and there was lots happening. Uh, I met Ricky, my now husband, and I've shared this story, but when we first met two weeks in, I think it was, it was very early, uh, into the relationship, I shared all of my dirty laundry and went, this is, this is all my baggage. Can you handle it? And of course he could. He said, well, of course that's fine. And we talked it through, but he's always been quite a big cheerleader around me looking after myself mentally. So being able to process uh, what's happened to talk through with someone that isn't connected. He's also experienced firsthand what, um, what I've gone through. So just because I've shared with you uh, the stories of my childhood, that doesn't mean that that ended when I turned 18. So all of the stuff that I was dealing with in terms of, uh, in particular, Louise, um, that has continued right through. There is, there really, uh, it's gotten better, but not, and that's just because of distance, right? Um, but he, he's been able to experience some of that firsthand. And so he, uh, he was always a very big cheerleader for me going to talk to someone and uh, uh, process that with, with someone that was removed from the story. And so from really from like the first year that we were dating right through, he would be anytime something major would happen, he would say, I think it'd be really good for you to go speak to someone. Have you thought about it? Um, all of that. And it, it thoroughly terrified me and I'm, and I'm not over being over dramatic with this. It terrified me to go talk to someone and, and really because, um, of that fear of n- not being able to be put back together. And so 
uh, it took a long time for me to cave. And really what happened uh, for, there were a few things that happened in the lead up. So uh, we got our dog, Max, who's a miniature dachshund, a little sausage dog. He is the cutest thing you'll ever see in your life. If you haven't seen him and you want to see him, head to my Instagram. There's post, uh, photos posted on there. But when we got him, uh, that was in November of 2016. And uh, it was the first time that I was yeah, really solely responsible uh, for the well-being of something. Uh, I'd never... I'd had pets, but with my parents and, um, but never for us. And, and I totally broke down. Uh, I cried for days. I was so scared that we had made the wrong choice and that we weren't going to be able to give him the best home. I mean, all of it was completely, uh, uh, it wasn't a fear I needed to worry about because obviously we can look after a dog. He has the best life ever. Um, as I'm recording this, he is on his big plush bed in our lounge room, wrapped up in like four blankets, living his actual best life. So he is living the dream, right? But for me, uh, taking care of someone uh, panicked me because I thought, oh my God, I don't want to, I, I, I don't, it scared me because I didn't want to replicate, even with a dog, what my parents did. Um, and the struggles that they had. And then I worried that some of it was in me. And of course I broke down and yada, yada, yada. And here we were. So there was that major incident that happened. And I remember talking to friends during this time and crying. And one of my friends was like, Nick, it's a dog. You know how to look after a dog. But I could not, I just couldn't do it. And then it made me think, because Ricky and I want to have kids at some point, And it, it made me go, well, holy heck, if I'm doing that with a dog, I need to, I need to sort something out. But then of course the fear took over of, uh, opening up and not being able to be put back together. So I pushed it away and didn't think about it. And then those next two years, so two and a bit years after we got Max moments were happening. So mum was on and off quite unwell, or she'd have these uh, sort of fluctuations in health, um, uh, Louise was going through an incredibly difficult time. She lost both of her parents. Um, and that meant that when that happened, she, f she really fell apart. And, uh, I was the one that was directly impacted on that, uh, for the most part. So I would get these calls, these long calls. She would, um, scream and yell at me. She would never remember any of it. Um, and, on and off in those two years, there were moments where I went, I really should talk to someone. I really should talk to someone. I really should talk to someone. And then we were due to go uh, over to New York for a friend's wedding. Um, and uh, we were about to get on the plane. This was, I think, the night before. And I had to call the ambulance on Louise um, for them to come and take her away because she was so bad and keep in mind, I'm in Melbourne, she's in Brisbane. Uh, and that was, uh, I think I was up till maybe 2am doing that. And we were flying out the next day. Uh, and I remember getting to New York, getting to our hotel room. It was at like 1am. We'd just gotten pizza in Times Square because I was 
like I would have eaten the bed. Um, and the next day I wake up and I said to, to Ricky, I need to go see someone. I can't let, I, I need to find better ways of, of dealing with this so that I'm not being impacted, um, so negatively. And that meant that I didn't want to have, and it's very, it's selfish and it's good that it was selfish, but I didn't want this amazing trip of a lifetime of going to New York to be completely, uh, the first part of it completely ruined by my feelings for what had just happened. And, uh, I was so angry that that would happen to the day before our trip. And I, I, I wanted to be able to process that better so that in future that didn't happen. And so I got back, I made an appointment with my GP, by the way, we had a fantastic trip. New York is, I mean, I still look at real estate on there when we would never move, but I mean, I look at real estate on there all the time. Um, if we won lotto and got like $60 million, I would absolutely buy a property there and we'd spend time each year there. Anyways, enough about New York, <laughs> but it was incredible. Um, I got back, booked an appointment with my GP and I, if you haven't gone through this process before, I'll be very transparent with what is discussed during the GP appointment because I think it's important because it kind of threw me off uh, a little. So I sat down with my GP and said, look, this is a bit about my story. Um, uh, I'm feeling this way and I want to be able to process things slightly better. Um, can I get a mental health plan and a referral to a good psych? He then got me to run through, and I keep forgetting the name of this test. And if you're in the medical profession and you know what this is, uh, please reach out to me. Uh, but if not, just Google it. <laughs> he ran through this test where I had to mark how I'm feeling essentially on a series of questions. And that threw me off because I thought, first of all, I'm an overachiever. So as soon as you put like a piece of paper down with a quiz in front of me, I was like, wait, am I doing the right thing? And I had to keep reminding myself to be honest and make sure that it's not about getting a good score. It's about uh, uh, really being transparent and honest. So I tried to do that. And then he referred me, cause I'd said to, to my GP, I want someone, the only requirements is, I want someone who understands the LGBTQ plus community. I don't want to have to explain my relationship with my husband. I don't want to have to explain that I have two mums. It's not something I want to do. So my GP uh, instantly knew of someone that he thought, yep, he'll be a good match for you. Gave me a referral to go see Dave. A couple of weeks later, I think it was a couple of weeks later, I booked in, went for my first session with Dave and... I have, I was so incredibly nervous. I was so nervous. I was, um, uh, a ball of anxiety. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if I was doing the right thing. And so I sat down and I'm quite an honest person. Uh, so, uh, I sat down and I said everything that I wanted to say. <laughs> and, uh, I sat down, Dave explained the process to me and asked me, it really, if I have any questions and I said, yeah, or any fears, I said, yeah, I've, I've, of course I've got fears. Um, I'm, I'm scared that you're going to uh, pull me apart and I'm not going to be able to be put back together. 
um, that old Pandora's box thing. I don't want you to lift the lid and then everything's just out. How do I then get back to be functioning? Um, and then I, and I've shared this before, I was worried that because I'm not severely mentally unwell, that I would be taking a position away from someone uh, that really needed it. And that by using the mental health plan that I was taking that away from someone else. And Dave was incredible in how he, he talked to me about this. He explained to me that that's, that's not how it works and that everyone should have the right to, to look after their mental health and to speak to a professional and that I'm not taking a place away from someone who may need it more. It is not a competition uh, around who needs a psych more and, 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 uh, therefore that person must get all the appointment slots. That's not how it works. And then he explained to me, which I think is really important to share. And I think I've, I've shared a part of this before, but I want to sort of share it again, particularly in this episode that he shared with me that, uh, it is, so the, the sessions are not about, uh, opening Pandora's box and just letting it all fly. It is controlled and measured, uh, and that I should never leave the room feeling like I'm broken. He then then clarified that I will feel like I feel, I will feel raw and vulnerable leaving the the session. And it may take days to feel back to sort of uh, proper uh, quote unquote uh, uh, my normal state. And he was right. That first session. I mean, we have 50 minute sessions or just over and it flew. Uh, we talked about a bunch of stuff, of course. Um, and I felt raw for days, but I had never felt better about, uh, or, or I'd, I'd never, I'd never been so sure that I'd done the right thing before. That was really good. It was such a good session. It, I got so much out of it. I connected with Dave and that's one of the things that he shared with me is that if you don't feel a connection between the two of us, so if, if you don't think that I'm the right person for you, don't come back. And I loved that. I thought that was really cool because you're sharing the most vulnerable parts of yourself and you want to make sure you've got a really good connection. So I guess, so that's the story, right? And I've now been seeing him for two years and he's, he's helped me work through an incredible amount of my childhood. We are nowhere near done. Uh, there is still a lot to work through. And even for this podcast, we've been through 20 odd episodes. It is, that's just the surface, right? So uh, you can imagine what I've shared on here. What I've shared with Dave is more and we've still got lots to go, right? Um, so uh, it has been so incredible. But I want to share with you, if you have gone to see someone before and you felt that it isn't a right process for you, or you're scared to go see someone because they may not be the right person for you, if that is any of your fears or you've had that experience, please note that you can find someone that is right for you. It is okay for you to shop around and find the right uh, professional for you to share what is happening with you and to talk and look after, uh, talk about and look after your mental health. Um, it's okay for you to shop around to find that person. Uh, because if you don't have that connection and you don't have that trust and that willing, that sort of that safe space to be able to share, you aren't going to get out of it. What, what 
really you should be allowed to get out of it. So uh, that is my biggest tip. And I'm sure uh, my psych dad would agree with that, that if it's not working, go find someone else. It's really important. So that that's uh, that that's really the 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 main story this is an ongoing evolving thing oh actually before i wrap up this episode um uh, and now you get to see that i don't actually edit uh, properly this is just me talking um, is uh i want to share with you that there are times where your psych is going to say something to you that you are going to go what the hell so I still remember, and I spoke about this in the forgiveness episode, so I won't, I won't do too much, but um, he first spoke to me about the idea of forgiveness and being, showing compassion towards certain situations and people in my life. And I said, and I, I was fine in the session. Like I remember going, what the fuck? Um, apologies for swearing. Um, but I remember doing that. And then... I thought, what the hell? You can't, like, why would you do that? And then, of course, I went away and I thought about it and and he was right. And uh, so I see him monthly. And so over that next month, I tried it and it bloody worked. And I came back to him and I said, I'm going to be honest. I was pissed at you at the end of last session. I was annoyed that you had challenged my thinking and, and was asking me to show compassion towards a person or an event that... Uh, I felt annoyed about or that I was not happy happened, but I did it and it worked. So there are going to be those moments. They're there to challenge your thinking. Um, And so it was brilliant. So I just wanted to share that. That is something that's really important. I think in terms of the process and being open and honest and vulnerable. uh, And that's why you need someone that you can create such a safe space in. So that's my journey for finding someone to really get help. It's not because I have any crippling mental health issues. Uh, And even if I did, that's fine. But it's because I need help processing what happened. A lot happened and it's important that you can talk to someone. Now, your experience in terms of childhood experience or life experiences don't have to be the same as mine. They could be much worse, much better, whatever. Who cares? You, You still may need help talking through that. After going through this process, I'm such a big believer that everybody should have a chance at some point in their life to sit down and discuss their life with a professional. Discuss what's happened. See if they have processed it properly. Is there anything that is a flow on effect from a a traumatic event? Have you dealt with that properly? Then no, well then let's go talk to someone. You know, like there's, it's, I think it's so important. And this is why I'm so passionate about ending the stigma surrounding mental health, because there are so many people, and and unfortunately it's particularly men, who uh, don't go and seek help because they view it as weak, um, that uh, they should be able to process their life on their own without intervention. And it is, uh, it is so in, it's it's so silly. There is no no need. Everybody should have the right to go and talk to someone about their mental health, regardless of whether they have a mental health issue or not. Um, it should be looked at just as if you were to go to your GP and talk about your physical health. And so if you can, I want to just 
ask you all to please make sure that you share your mental health stories. Uh, be open and honest with the people around you about your mental health, even if it's just, I'm not having a very good day. As a society, we need to do so much better around uh, this stigma. And it's the sole, one of the sole reasons why I do this podcast is to, to end the stigma around mental health, to talk about it, to end the stigma around traumatic events and, and childhood experiences and all of that. So please try and share your story, um, even if it is just with the people that are closest to you that you feel safe with, because it has a ripple on effect, because then those people feel safe about sharing their story and they'll do it with their close people. And then on and on and on it goes. So thank you for listening. Uh, this was a very important episode for me to record. So I'm thrilled if you've made it to the end. Bravo. Um, I will see you next week in another episode. We've only got a few more left of this season and then we'll be back next year. Um, but I will see you next week. Uh, make sure you come and follow me on Instagram. Shoot me a message. Say hi. I can't wait to hear from you all. I will talk to you soon. Have a fantastic time doing whatever it is you're doing. See you later.